back in the commissioner's office of Superflex City with Dynasty Outhouse and the pursuit of the sweet spot. We're kind of doing some house cleaning a little bit here, Russ. We're still we're still pushing off the uh, the startup talk um, for one more week, I think. I, I don't think we're going to have any excuses left. No, I, I, I think we're there. I, I, this is the last time where I can be like, maybe one more time, because yeah. it, it just doesn't make sense for the few things we have to not do the startup first. And mm-hmm. like I'm going to have to take off next Monday or something, because that's going to take some time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, I mean, we're going to have to, or, you know, we're going to kind of split it up. We've got rookie drafts. Uh, and startups, and then auctions as well for both rookie and the startup. So um, that's going to be a multi-part series within the series. So um, so we're going to get to that. I mean, there's a kind of a million things we could keep talking about along this same thread, but um, it, it gets very specific. Yeah, unless uh, we're turning this into Commission Possible, where we're taking <laughs> questions uh, it, it's going to get to the point where we're just going to be repeating ourselves after a while. But yeah, seriously, yeah. we can we can get into minutia, but that's not really yeah. the point of what we're doing right now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, so we'll we'll attack the the startups. We'll attack uh, rookie drafts, rookie auctions. We'll we'll attack all that in the next couple weeks, and then uh, uh, I mean we're happy to get into minutia. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and and in fact, I think that we intend to. But yeah, it, it can't keep us away from the startups much longer. But <laughs> we do have two last things to kind of talk about uh, for the construction of your brand new Dynasty League. Congratulations on that, by the way. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we, so we've got the toilet bowl. We, you know, we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, we've talked about, you know, playoffs. We've talked about tanking. Um, you know, standings, everything like that. We've 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 kind of orbited around uh, the toilet bowl and and you know consolation bracket stuff like that. So we can finally attack that one, and then uh, hopefully we leave ourselves with some time here to get into dispersals and second chances. But let's start with the toilet bowl because we've really kind of set the table for that over the last mm-hmm. couple weeks. Um, you know, and and what we're what we're really kind of talking about because i don't think that it has to be toilet bowl exactly like that's just kind of what we put on on our list of topics but what we're really kind of talking about is extending the season into the fantasy playoffs for everybody you know not just the teams who are in the playoffs so you know i think i think the you know the quote-unquote toilet bowl is kind of the the standard a little bit, but I mean, are there, are there other ways that, uh, that you know of, and maybe the, even that you have experience with, um, where, you know, you have kind of a consolation bracket or, you know, whatever it is for the teams, call it, you know, in a 12 team league, six teams make the playoffs. What are the other six doing? You know, do you, are there, are there other ways that you can keep them busy? Well, let's first, let's just say you hit the nail on the head at why there is a toilet bowl or a consolation bracket. It's for those six teams that didn't make the playoffs. Like what else? Like you don't want them to be bored. Like, especially like this, the idea with this really for me started out in my redraft leagues because it kind of sucked to be one of those teams because there's no (laughs) trading. You know, it's not like you can start talking about draft picks. You're, you're close. You know, you delete the Yahoo app and call it a season and wait until 
August to download it again. There's nothing else you really need to do with it. So when I was running my redraft keeper leagues, what I would do is I literally, I, we, we built trophies and it was the coolest damn thing we've ever done. Oh, no. Um, we built the shredder was our championship trophy. It was three tiers with a toy of the shredder spray painted gold with a small actual fantasy football trophy hot glued on top. There were, we got turtle shell toys from like Mario Kart and spray painted them goals. Cause you know, shredder always went after the ninja turtles. Like it was so effing cool, man. And like we had plates for all the winners and stuff like that. But here's where, here's what I'm even more proud of. We so we of course we needed to do something for those bottom six teams, and what we did was pretty much the toilet bowl. Except we started thinking, what was the most annoying pop culture character you could think of? Something oh, that you man. can give someone that would just they would hate to have to display in their house. Oh, and, I, can I guess? Go please. I mean, I guess it kind of depends on the era a little bit. Well, like, I mean, this was be- this was like fifteen years ago. So I was that still Teletubbies range? Uh, I mean, we didn't do kids shows, but yeah, oh, okay. Teletubbies were absolutely around back then. Um, there were honestly only two real answers that got more than one vote. From I, you know, I asked everyone I could think of. Uh, you know, some people just like characters that are widely accepted that some people just found annoying. Like we're not going to make a loser trophy about that. But there were two characters that made me so happy that everyone else thought because they were on my mind too. First of Jar- all, the loser Jar Jar Binks. That was the winner. That yes. that was our loser trophy was Jar Jar Binks. And God. this second place, and I may have done it if I could have found a toy at the time, but Snarf from the Thundercats. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> yes. Snarf, Snarf, guys, Snarf. It was oh my god, he's the worst. <laughs> but okay. So <laughs> how do we make every podcast an hour? I go on ridiculous tangents. What I did was we made that shredder trophy beautiful. We bought wood. We you know, my friend has actual handyman abilities. Like he had a circular saw. He had a, you know, a lathe and all of these things to make it pretty. We use sandpaper and paint and primer and all of this stuff. For the Jar Jar, <laughs> literally no measuring whatsoever. I took a four by four, used a handsaw, cut it down and took a two by four and just make a little, little small cut, which you get a piece, which again, with a handsaw, no measuring whatsoever, put a, a dab of epoxy, slapped it on there, screwed it in. Just to, so again, this was not straight. This was not. We took this chunk of wood with a piece of wood screwed to it. Literally started throwing it at a brick wall. <laughs> like we were making this thing ugly, and it was uh, clearly on purpose. So we just started chucking. So it got chipped. It got scratched. We took the pr- the paint and the primer and just globbed it on we didn't care like it didn't care that it looked good or not we took the epoxy made a puddle on top spray painted the jar jar bronze not even gold and just put him on top so it looked like poorly put like it was so much fun we got a a little nameplate that said the jar jar which of course did not go on street and underneath was another nameplate that said "Yusa suck with a lot of exclamation points and then of course we needed to make sure everyone remembered who had the jar jar so we made nameplates for the side of all of, of the trophy with the person, their team name, and the person, the player they drafted that screwed them over the most. Because we had an MVP on the shredder where, you know, 
like last season, you would have put like Devontae Adams or man, even like James Robinson, because he came out of nowhere. But like we we that you know, when you drafted like Saquon Barkley and he missed the entire season, like he was your least valuable player. So we we went out to make sure that people did not want this trophy. Like that, <laughs> that's exactly what we did. And unfortunately, I did actually win it twice. <laughs> because, oh. <laughs> I had and such you have to display years. it prominently. One hundred percent, it was on my fireplace mantle. I have a <laughs> friend who has a legitimate, legitimate Irish pub in his basement. It was behind the bar with the freaking alcohol bottles, right there. His wife was so goddamn mad at me, and it was so worth every ounce of her yelling. <laughs> it was so good. Okay, so so it, we uh, in one of my leagues, we uh, we had what we call the golden douche. Award, which and and what it this one like it's so it's it's just a picture frame just a gold picture frame um that says golden douche on it but like everybody in the league gets one and then whoever whoever has uh the worst record or whoever whoever came in last and i don't remember exactly how we did it for a consolation but we stopped doing this, unfortunately, but like you would get a picture of that person and you put it in the uh, in this in this picture frame and you have to display it prominently um, <laughs> like on your on, you know, on your your mantle or something. And uh, but it was always the most unflattering picture. I of don't course. know how uh, somehow our commissioner had access to the worst picture <laughs> of everybody. And like, you know, the one where you're just like. You're, you know, like the candid shot where you're just eating like a ton of potato salad or, you know, yeah, you just your mouth like, is half open and you're drooling yeah, out of the other side. Yeah. No, like, everyone has that picture somewhere. Somehow you've, your jowls are like 50 pounds each. Like, <laughs> no idea why. You just <laughs> look like total crap. And like somehow he had that. Or, you know, the picture where your wife made you like everybody had to dress up in matching pajamas for Christmas or whatever. Like, I I don't know how he had access to that. But, yeah, like everybody, it wasn't just the one person displaying it. Everybody in the league has this picture That's amazing. of one of their friends just looking like total crap. And like it's kind of the the centerpiece of the of your of your living room, basically. So there was definite motivation to not be the one in, you know, 11, 11 living rooms. So. Yeah. My wife would absolutely make me leave that league. One hundred percent. She's like, I don't want that shit in my house. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's and I mean. Matthew Barry actually, you know, spends a lot of time going around looking for some of the best, you know, punishments for for finishing last in your league. To me, like some of those, some of them go I mean, way too far. You know, the like tattoo the face tattoos and and shit well, like any that. tattoo that I don't <laughs> want. Like, let's face it. Like, don't get me wrong. I probably there has to be a limit. Like, you can literally tell the person to get whatever tattoo you want. I'm guessing short of like profane yeah like i don't think you're getting penises everywhere you know because you lost <laughs> in fantasy football but i think the first one was like a rainbow unicorn was i suck at fantasy football kind of thing which don't i, I honestly i would probably get that just because that is freaking hilarious again my wife would be very upset with me but i yeah it's way too far <laughs> nobody sh nobody should care that much especially when like oh man like I drafted amazing teams, had three guys hurt, two guys didn't pan out, and I'm like, oh, well, 
my team sucks. But <laughs> yeah. like, but for real, that you do not want to come in last place in that league. Like you yeah. draft differently for that. You draft not to lose. You don't draft to win. <laughs> but yeah, no, that that's way too far. But bringing it back to the more general what we're talking about because we could talk about individual things forever you know it's keeping those last six places or however many places involved uh short of consolation brackets the only way i've done or i've really seen is having payouts for weekly scores every single week going through the end of the playoffs that way you know, if you have a team that is coming on late and you just missed the playoffs, you can still get, you know, 10, 20 bucks for winning a week or two through the playoffs. You'll still have bad teams that won't care. Uh, it's even with the Jar Jar, I'm sure even with your golden douche picture, you still had a team or two that just stopped paying attention. You can't force people to care. That's been a theme through all of this. You know, it's all about having the right people in your leagues. And if you have people that won't care, you just get, and there's nothing you could do about it short of replacing them. But I have a feeling, you know, that's not the greatest reason to replace someone because they miss the playoffs and they stop paying attention. That's not the biggest deal. Uh, but otherwise, it really is, you know, the best you can do it, it is all I could think of, at least, because they're still playing against people. And even if you don't care for the whatever the end is, you still want to make your friends not win it. <laughs> you, you, like if there's a if there's a prize at the end of the tunnel, or if there's a loser prize at the end, you don't want to win the loser prize, and you don't want your friends to win the real prize. So you still kind of play. You still set your lineups. Um, so let's talk about, I guess, who should make the toilet bowl or the consolation bracket. I have never seen it where. Let me reword this. I've only seen it where every team that didn't make the playoffs makes the consolation bracket. I think it would be interesting to have like the next two teams that didn't make the playoffs not make the toilet bowl. Like that's just where you are. That's who you are. Sorry. And like really only doing it to the bottom teams. I guess I I'm like not really that. against that. Now that I say it out loud, I really never thought yeah. of it until right now because the goal of having an actual prize at the end of the consolation bracket is still the same thing of rookie drafts of all of this. It's to make the worst teams better. And while you're making it, we'll get into how we're hopefully the helping the worst teams make it a little further, but you still want them to be playing for something to make them care, to make them go for it. Um, so that's why, again, if you don't want that, seventh and eighth seeded team who is probably good enough with a small swing of luck to have made the actual playoffs not get better just leave them out i don't think there's anything wrong with that again mm -hmm. i've never seen it but if someone told me like i joined a league and someone told me that i'd be like all right that's fine like that's not something i would ever be up in arms about um so let's talk about constellation actual prizes for the trade addicts leagues which are 12 team dynasty leagues we i do the 113 it's honestly a very big prize <laughs> and because you know the 201 in a normal league has a lot of, especially in years like this which killed the evergreen in in 20 the 2021 draft is it's pretty deep mm -hmm. if this was like 2019 2018 it wouldn't have been as big of a deal i guess but like right now you're you're talking players that could go right into your lineup assuming the draft doesn't just destroy everyone's value so that's kind of like why I like it because what you're doing is you are more than not 
helping it, assuming the right teams made the playoffs, you're helping a non-playoff team get better Mm -hmm. and you're not giving them a sure shot better. They're not getting the one-on-one, which we'll all talk about in a second. You know, they're getting the 13th pick, which I, I haven't read anything recently, but I keep going back to, Oh man, completely. Was it Sean Siegel that wrote that article about hit rates like mm-hmm. ten years ago? That yeah. I still go to. You're you're talking at like a thirty percent hit rate, which let's face it, is blind luck anyway. So you're you're hoping for the best, and to me, that's what you want for your worst teams. You want in a non-obvious obvious is the wrong word because clearly this is what we're doing in a not super straightforward way. You want to make the league even like you don't want to make your bad teams amazing but you also don't want them to stay terrible so giving a consolation prize that's pretty worthwhile to the winner of the toilet bowl which i'm just going to keep calling that even though technically when you're getting an actual prize at the end it doesn't feel right but it's just what we've come to call it and consolation brackets just takes way too long to think to say so that's why I, I like the 113. Uh, a lot of people think it's too much, but to me, the 213 is practically nothing. Like, all right, let's give someone a 10% chance at getting someone that might be worth a second one day. Like, it, it, it's, it, it just, it's absolutely not worthwhile at all. So I really like the idea of the 113. Um, I guess before I keep going, do you know of any other prizes short of clearly you can give someone cash. Right? That's always the easy answer, right? You know, as a payout, whoever wins the toilet bowl, do you know of any other prizes besides cash or draft picks? Uh, off the top of my head, I'll have to, I have to think about that for a minute. Um, but while I'm doing that, I mean, we could definitely shoot down <laughs> what some people do, which is, you know, you, you, all 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 six non-playoff teams get into you know call it the consolation bracket and whoever wins that tournament gets 101 like wrong. that's how you did wrong it. wrong yes. wrong yes wrong, don't wrong. Do, don't do that that's like it, I, it it also just like kills the entire point of the regular season okay but know? no hold on let's i I'm going to rant now because this nice. is nice like I've it gives me like are... I say it gives me time to think so yeah exactly okay so First of all, let's start with the easy thing. I've already said it like three minutes ago. The point of rookie drafts is to make the worst teams better. Like, think about it. You know, the, I mean, who the hell is it? I can't even freaking think. Like, who has like the, how many teams make it to the freaking NFL playoffs? 16, right? Like, 16, so 16, 32, math. Like, who has like the 20th pick? You don't want them to get the one-on-one. Like, what, what sense does that make? A team that just missed the playoffs. And chances are, had the same record as someone that did. Because it just, it all that's doing is keeping the bad teams bad. That's not the point of a dynasty league. You're making it so much harder for teams that are bad. Probably sometimes through not the fault of their own. Sometimes they are just not good at, you know, the game. Sorry. But, you know, most of the times injuries took over a bad team which i guess we'll get to if i don't ramble for too long this episode um so giving someone the 101 who wins the toilet bowl just makes absolutely no sense because unless you give such an advantage to the worst teams they have no chance they're bad for a reason they They stay bad yeah and, and they have no chance of getting better because 
let's let's face it, they're bad. I like that's all I could think to say. All you're doing is making teams that just missed the playoffs make the playoffs next year. And we went, oh man, the amount of things I said last week about when we were talking about tanking, let's face it. If winning the toilet bowl gives you the one-on-one and hell, I'm in third place, but the top two teams are really damn good. I'm losing every game I possibly can to make it to the toilet bowl. Mm -hmm. Why would I try to cross my fingers that some of their guys get hurt and my guys have career games? When I can just screw up five games and go get Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley, Zeke Elliott. Ha, I saved that from ruining the evergreen of the episode. Um, <laughs> like it, it, that to me, that hurts your league more than any other tanking measure. Any, anything you're afraid of when it comes to tanking, giving the winner of the consolation bracket the one-on-one destroys all of that because you're going to have so many more teams aiming for mediocrity for a year or two. And, yep. and that's even worse because that's just boring. That's all that is. I, I'm absolutely, if I'm not, if I don't look at the rest of the rosters and say, I could beat these teams without a question, easily, I'm absolutely shooting for seventh seed, 100%. Mm-hmm. And okay, so let's, well, did you think of anything besides money and rookie picks before I keep going? Yeah, kind of. So um, first of all, I, you know, obviously there's like advantages, power ups and stuff like that based on, you know, whatever gimmicks yeah, that, you've that, got. That's another league. thing you talk about. It's, with it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's also just so league specific. Like, I mean, I would have to know everything that you're doing, like, uh, like your Harry Potter leagues, I think would probably like, there's probably something that you could do there, but yeah, you know, that like, that's, that really only works for your specific league. So um, the other thing though, that, that kind of comes to mind um, and, and, you know, I know that this is, that this is a thing. Uh, The only league where I've seen it though, is uh, in justice league of super flexors with uh, the Bobby Koch runs. But, and what he actually does is, uh, the two, so he's got two divisions, 12 team league, but he's got two divisions and the two division winners get to draft the other teams yes. in their division the following season. I think you could do that with the consolation mm-hmm. as well. And like, because there's, there's an advantage in that being able to pick which teams you're going to, yeah. you're going to be playing against throughout the season, which teams you've got to compete with for, you know, for your, uh, for your division and to get to the playoffs. So, you know, that it, I, I don't like, I still don't like it quite as much as, you know, just one thirteen. you know, yeah. just giving that, that team that almost made the playoffs, but came up short probably because of injuries. Like usually that's kind of the difference. And oh, you know, what would be fun if you give the third place team and the winner of the consolation bracket, those are the two people that get to pick the, to draft oh, the divisions. Go. I actually yeah. like that because first in place, you're getting pretty good money regardless, unless yeah. you're a winner pays all, which uh, <laughs> I would never want to join that because the, oh, that's way too much pressure. So yeah. you're giving the third place, someone who probably is making their money back if they're lucky, something else to look forward to in that game. So mm-hmm. I now that, you know, clearly that's nothing we thought of before, but right now I love that idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's a kind of cool one. Like I said, I mean, you know, there's an advantage to it for sure. I think that there's a greater advantage to just randomly getting that extra draft pick, that extra value onto your roster. Yeah. But 
you know, there's, there's a small advantage to it and it kind of depends on, you know, how much, how much of an advantage do you think that team needs? You know, do, do you, do you want that to be, uh, you know, something that's, that's going to legitimately just kind of change the face of, of your entire team and, and, you know, bump you from kind of a bubble team to a serious contender. Well, like that's, that's the player at, at one thirteen two Oh one, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. That player probably doesn't make that difference. That value does though. So like that's, it's a fairly significant uh, prize, a fairly significant advantage that you get with that pick. If you, if you don't feel like, you know, it, it deserves that much of an advantage. I think this is, you know, this, this could be another way to go about it. And it's, you know, it's a way to, to kind of get people engaged in, you know, the dog days of February and March for dynasty leagues. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's something to be said to it for it, even though it's not like a, a big, you know, earth moving type of, of advantage or anything like that. So, yeah. Yeah. I, man. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of struggling to come up with much of anything else. Yeah. So I, I guess mean, there is nothing and that's absolutely fine. All right. Yeah. But that first, so let's go back to, all right. So we know who makes it sort of, you made your decision as to who makes it now format really matters here. If you're going to have six people, which means you're going to have to give buys like you do with your regular playoff bracket. Mm-hmm. The worst two teams get the buys. <laughs> let me let me yeah. say that a little louder. The worst two teams get the buys. I know that is against it's our counterintuitive. Yeah, yeah. To, that we would give the the two best teams. But why are we helping the best teams keep going? Like they all that they already have the advantage by being the best team in this bracket. And you want to make the worst teams better, so you give the two worst team the bye week. Also, if you want to even help them even more. I think I said even too many times in that sentence. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Give them home field advantage going forward. What does that mean in fantasy football? Give them a couple of extra points. Why not give them 10% of their average score, which is probably, what, 15 to 18 points? No, that's way too high for a last place team. 12 points. You know, they probably average 100 to 120 points. So you give them 12, 15 point advantage over the better teams. Because again, the point of having a prize at the end of the consolation bracket is to help worse teams get better, but also have a little bit of fun. Like it shouldn't be theirs. You shouldn't just give the worst place team the 101 and the 113. That defeats the purpose because they're supposed to be playing for something. So yeah. let, you know, give them a little bit of an advantage to help them move forward. Uh, it's silly to make it easier for the better teams because they're better already. They're statistically better. We've seen <laughs> it. We we played a season to get to this point. So absolutely, you give the worst two teams the bye week. And if you want to help them a little more going forward, like if your bottom two teams are really, really bad, you give them a couple of extra points just to give them a shot. Um, so so I, I, I agree with you. I, I think that the counterpoint, you know, there are probably people out there you know, yelling right now at their phone saying, doesn't that just kind of, um, you know, promote tanking? Because the idea would be, you know, if you've, if you've got a good team 
that's, you know, a, a playoff contender, but, you know, you, you know, you maybe you get some, some injuries early on, you know, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley early in the season in 2020, you know, you lose those guys. And now, first of all, you already have the incentive to tank to get to the 101. But now you also have the incentive to tank to get that first round buy in the consolation bracket to help you get 113 as well. Oh, that's super on you, right? I mean, that's on your league rules. If you're okay with tanking, then more power to them. If you're Which not okay are. with Yeah. If you're mm-hmm. if you have rules in your bylaws to are not argue, go against tanking, mm-hmm. then you're covered, right? So let me give one example and because this is a trade addicts league, there's no trade deadlines. Um, shout out to Dustin at Dynasty FF Junkie. He absolutely did this. He had a team that was very middle of the pack. He sold some assets to make his team absolutely not a playoff team. And the second you know, week 13 ended, he started buying some cheap vets from the worst teams. Like he started giving away his mid to late seconds and down and all of his thirds to start grabbing some guys that will get him points. And he absolutely won the toilet bowl. Like it's an absolute strategy, but don't forget those other teams were complicit in this. They took those middle seconds to give him the producing players. He didn't do it on his own. He didn't steal these players, (laughs) you know? So the worst, these bad teams have to be in on it for them to be able to do this. Again, if you're with tanking, if you're if you're okay with tanking, you're okay with him not starting his best lineup to lose, in which case he's doing his job. He's doing what's best for his team. If you are doing something to stop him from tanking, then like, there's nothing to be upset about. Either there's a problem with your bylaws and you need to find a new way to stop people from tanking, or I don't know. That's really it because it's you're never going to create be able to create an airtight system and if you do it just won't be fun Mm -hmm. so yeah dustin 100 gained to the system but again if those teams below him wanted a better shot at getting the 113 they wouldn't have traded those players away yeah so unless you're creating a trade deadline which more power to you we've talked about this if that's what you like to play that's what you like to play i do not You know, there's ways to combat that. Absolutely. And I mean, trade deadline and whatever anti-tanking you put in the way in into effect will stop people from taking advantage of this. So if you're against tanking, you're already stopped this problem. Trade addicts leagues don't care. I mean, within reason, you know, we we talked about how I had to yell at you. So within reason, you know, we're fine. And he absolutely gamed the system correctly. I mean, don't forget, this is a game with strategy. It's not It's not 100% luck. So, you know, you find those ways to skirt the system where he did absolutely nothing illegal. And once people realized what he was doing, they literally congratulated him. They're like, good move, man. We did not see that coming. Like, you yeah. really, yes, you're going to get the 113 unless something weird happens. Congrats, man. And he did. And no one complained about it. So again, everything comes down to the, you know, it's getting boring at this point, but everything comes down to the, the people in your league. And that's what it, that's all you can really say. If you were worried about tanking you for this specific situation, if you're worried about people tanking for it, you've already put those bylaws in place to stop it. So this isn't a new worry. This is something you've been trying to stop from the beginning. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think there's so, really an argument for that. Yeah. 
So I think I, I think that's the bigger thing here is there's there's a little bit of a disclaimer there, which is, you know, the the two kind of go hand in hand, like tanking and seeding for your consolation bracket. Those two are, are going to go hand in hand. If you have a problem with tanking, you're going to want to give the top seed in uh, in the consolation bracket to the team to the two best teams um, that failed to make the playoffs. Because, you know, you're going to keep all those teams playing hard throughout the season. They're not going to be able to tank uh, if they want to get that shot at that extra pick, essentially. Ooh, or how about, let's shake things up. Okay. You give, because usually when you seed things, you still do, you know, the top, or in this case, the worst two teams get to buy. But you still seed it where best plays worse than the two middle play. If you're so worried about tanking where people will fall down to that seventh, eighth seed, Make the seventh and eighth seed play each other in the first round. One of them screwed. You know, one of those two people that just tanked to miss the playoffs by that much, one of them ain't winning. Yeah. And then you give the other you give the worst teams a bye and you give those two teams home field advantage going forward. Again, 15, 20 points, something that isn't really going to swing anything. That's one strong wide receiver, too. I mean, let's face it, that's not the biggest advantage, but it's something. You know, they're they're if you feel you want this, there are ways to create a world in which you can get around whatever you're worried about, any sort of cheating. If you are that worried where you are distraught and you've been you couldn't sleep for the past three nights because you're trying to change some sort of figure out the rules where no one can tank and no one can cheat and just don't have <laughs> it. I gotta be honest. Like yeah. this is fun. <laughs> it should be. So I mean, just just don't do it. Like my last thing I have on my notes is, is the toilet bowl worth having? Sometimes no. Like that that's the real answer. If you're so in your soul concerned about this, just don't do it. You know, if you want to set up a bracket to let them play to make fun of each other or for the divisions or something like that, awesome. Let it go. But sometimes just don't do it. It's it's a setting you click if you want it. If you don't want it. You just don't click the setting. It's that easy. You know, if, if you are that concerned with the tanking or the prize being too great or this or that or this or that, just, just don't have one. You don't have to. No one will bat an eye if you don't have one. And it's funny. There is one person who, in the nine trade addicts league, there is one person that has a problem with the with the prize. It's so funny that I, I he's, it's funny. He's like, look, if I don't make the playoffs, I'm going to start my lineup. I'm going to try and win. But once I win that 113, I am going to win it. I am not going to trade it. And my pick is going to time out. And I won't take that pick. <laughs> I'm like, all right, man, more power to you. Like I said, even if you don't agree with what's going on as a GM, just stop everyone else from winning it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's not like he saw that rule and he's like, no, I'm not joining your league. Sorry. He's like, all right, no. Okay. I can still ruin it for everyone else. So I'm going to do that. To which I'm like, all right. I mean, I'm sorry you feel this way. You can help make your team better. He's like, no, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it in principle. So I'm just, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And I'm like, good for you for sticking to your principles, man. I don't know what to tell you. I get that pick. I'm either drafting it or I'm trading it away and I'm getting value oh, yeah. for it. Oh, so, yeah. but again, like, again, this is something that is so, to me, this is so blah. This is so mad. This is so, like, this is, <laughs> this is something that you don't need to have. So you can easily just, if you're creating this league and you're that one guy that hates it, you just don't put it in your league. Mm -hmm. It's that easy. So, so tell me, tell me though, why, you know, like what, what, 
what makes you comfortable with you? And again, like I, I, like I agree with you. So I'm just playing devil's advocate for, you know, giving a voice to everybody who's, who's kind of getting that nervous twitch right now <laughs> listening to it. So what, what makes you comfortable with the idea of a good team tanking all the way through the season, um, including laying down to some other playoff teams so that they end up not only with, you know, pick 101, but also the first seed in the consolation bracket that helps them, you know, that gives them that advantage that ultimately gets them, you know, pick 113. So now they've got 101, they've got 201, and now they just added 113 just by virtue of committing to losing, well, you know, better than well, anybody else. One thing that came to my mind right away, if you're in a league that has regulations on tanking, to mm-hmm. get the 101, your team has to be bad. Like, this isn't not starting yeah. Christian but, McCaffrey the whole year. Like, you don't for have you him and I, on your team. Like, for yeah. us, it's part of the game. You absolutely, there's nothing you can do about it. It's it's there for a reason. Yes. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, Capitalist Pigs League, you're allowed to tank. There's no, I don't remember if there's a consolation bracket. I think it's just for cash anyway. But, like, for, like, actual money, not pig cash. I, I, I guess that's the one league I have to actually specify that. Um <laughs> I again. I started Mitch Trubisky, Josh Rosen. I, I started people that, for at least part of the season, weren't starting. You know, I absolutely tanked one hundred percent. I scored the least points out of anyone. Out of I think there's only twenty eight people in in Pigs One. Like I scored the least amount of points. I got the one hundred and one. And let's face it, if there was a consolation bracket worth winning, that's a lie. I did set my lineups. I just didn't win it. Like yes. I set a real lineup in the in the quote unquote playoffs, the consolation bracket, to try and win that fifty bucks because I like money. Mm-hmm. I didn't, so there you go. Like, and don't get me wrong, my team isn't that bad. I just chose to be that bad because it's not as good as the rest of the teams. <laughs> like, so like I knew I'm, I'm rebuilding, so I might as well get the most money, especially in a year where there are this many good rookies coming in. So again, if you're okay with tanking, you're okay with this happening in your league. That's what it comes down to. And if you're not okay with tanking, you've put measures in place to make sure that this doesn't happen. Because if someone's getting the one, if someone, okay, let's let's word this correctly. If someone has earned the 101, it's not going to be easy for them to get the 113 because their team will be that bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. Like you pretty much have already put in place what you want or what you care about happening well before you reach the consolation bracket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. And, and I mean, again, 113 to me, like the, the only real advantage to it is the value. And I don't think that people really view it that way. Honestly, I mean, kind of the let's same Let's go with back a couple of years. Now, again, killing the evergreen of this. Like at one point, like Paul Perkins was a late first, early second draft pick. Mm-hmm. Like, does anyone listening remember who the hell Paul Perkins is? <laughs> and it was a draft pick four years ago. Like it wasn't, wasn't that, that, that long guy ago. for the for the Celtics who uh, came back out on a or who left on a in a wheelchair and then I came actually back think in. that is yes. But he was also <laughs> a really not very good running back drafted by the Giants who was going to be the next big thing because what was it? Like I, know, I, I, by the way, I know it's I know it's Paul Pierce. I know the difference I know. between those guys. <laughs> no, because there definitely was like a long time ago, I think I got a blessing Perkins on the Celtics, but my brain wasn't working. So Kendall, uh, Kendall Perkins. There you go. Um, so blank. Yeah. So the one thirteen, like <laughs> it sounds like it's funny. Like again, 
Dynasty Outhouse Trade Addict. Like I I think of everything in terms of value. Yeah. The 113 sounds great because it has a one in front of it. Yeah. It's no different than the 201. Like it it's there's such a value swing by hearing that one in front. The fact that it's just one pick difference than the 201 or just what the 202 normally is, that that's all it's worth. It's worth the idea that you can get something more for it. Or just take a draft pick that's a random dart throw, which you're going to do anyway. But yeah, we've been going for 40 minutes. We still have so, at yeah. least 20 minutes. So let's. Do you want to jump to dispersal? Do you have anything else? About yeah, let me let me just put a bow on it because I I think that the answer lies therein. Like that's that's how you make yourself comfortable with this is the fact that yes, you can you know with 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 what we consider to be a sweet spot, which is you know tanking is fine. You know, the worst record gets 1.01, and then the worst record also gets a top seed in the consolation bracket, which should mean, you know, a clear path to 113 to go along with 101 and 201. All that is true, yes. But take comfort in the fact that that person still has, they they have the ability to manipulate it. They still have to get it right. Yep. They, still, they still have to make the right moves. And that is, it's, it's not much easier to do that with 113 than it is without it. So, and hell man, we've, we have talked about how much you can miss on the 101. So, like, imagine that person missing on the 101 and 113. They will be mocked endlessly for that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, and they're not necessarily going. Even if they get it right at one hundred and one, it's like, eh, you got it a little bit more right than you would have at one hundred and two. Yeah, you know? it's like, not that it's, big. Of a, yeah, yeah. Not very often is there that big of a drop between one hundred and one, one hundred and two. We've had a couple yeah. in the past few years, so that doesn't help the argument. But like, man, even this year, even which then, yeah. it's already dead, so I'm just going to keep talking specifics. Like, yeah, Trevor Lawrence is like, uh, but. At the one two, four other very good quarterbacks. Yeah, between Justin Fields, man, I love Trey Lance. I don't, I know he's not necessarily the next guy there, but I mean, Zach Wilson can be a thing. Mac Jones to San Francisco, if that's real. Mm -hmm. Kyle Shanahan quarterbacks are absolutely a thing when they're not Jimmy Garoppolo. So, like this, I know you've been arguing a lot lately on Twitter, like the the value in trading back from the one hundred one. It yeah. is huge, and I I did it recently also, mostly because I'm me. But <laughs> it, but it's absolutely true. You're still going to get a very good quarterback at 102, or at least a chance. Because let's face it, Trevor Lawrence can in fact be the next coming of Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning wasn't the QB one every single year. Like, let, right. Let's just call that what it is. You know, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert were what the third and fourth quarterbacks drafted in their rookie draft, and they're more valuable than the rookies drafted before them so it's you don't know that that's really what it comes down to you don't know and it's fun yep exactly yeah yeah so i think uh the the second half here i think we can we'll probably make it through it a lot faster (sighs) famous last words (laughs) yeah no this one okay we can do this easy because let's uh, dispersals yeah when you have one team quit on your league the world is so easy for you like oh no someone left hey john you want this team done how nice was that right like that was so easy when you have two or more teams leave here's the problem who do you give the worst team to (laughs) 
Right. Like, yeah. How do you de- how do you determine that? Just first like, come, first serve. Like, exactly. Like that's what it comes to. Like I I took over a team that I was handed. They couldn't have seen this coming. I took over a team in a dispersal, not a dispersal, sorry. Start over. A team left a league that I was not in. Someone says, Hey, who wants to take over this team? I said, I'll do it. Sure. This team was freaking awful. Mm-hmm. Three weeks later, another team leaves. Really freaking good team. And it's just like, Oh, I wish I waited three weeks. <laughs> you know, I wish I had known. And honestly, like they, the dispersal was offered to me. We're like, No, I'm just joking around. This is going to be more fun for me anyway, because I like taking over bad teams and doing something with them. But like, think about it. You are pretty much choosing who's going to be wasting their money when it comes to if you have two teams at the same time that you know are open and one of them's good, one of them's bad. Like you're going to say here, you take this team. You could probably win this year. That's cool. You, you take this team. (laughs) You're screwed. Like (laughs) that's just not fair is what it comes down to. Um, You can find the level of people where if you went, hey, Russ, this team sucks. We have two openings. I know I have a friend who's not great, so I'm going to give him this team. Do you want to take this crappy team? Chances are I'll say yes anyway. Like, you can find that kind of person. You could find crazy people like me all over Twitter, just putting it out there. But chances are the right way to do it is what we call a dispersal. Um, What this is, is you literally take every asset from the open teams. Let's just, for ease sake, say there's two teams. Every player, every draft pick thrown into a player pool, into a draft pool. And I will say you can do it through the league site by literally dropping everyone and then having a draft of only those two people or make life a lot easier and just do it on a Google sheet, which is what I do. Uh, And you have a dispersal. And let's spell out what a dispersal is just in case someone doesn't know. It is literally a draft between however many open teams you have. Let's again, we're sticking with two. So it's between these two people. And it's every player and every pick. Now, let me specify one thing. Future picks. 21 draft. Actually, it doesn't even matter. Any any future draft picks. If there have been zero future draft pick trades, don't you don't have to put them in the dispersal pool. Like, at least that's how I feel about it. Like, yep. if this guy has, you know, I guess it, you kind of do, assuming there are different Okay, that's a lie. So yes, the 21 draft is happening soon. Even if they don't trade their picks, you need to throw them in because you're giving one team an advantage. So I I meant what I said when I said future picks. 22 draft picks. Chances are, at least my leagues, you're allowed to trade two years out of draft picks. 22 picks. If no one has traded any of theirs, of those two teams, they don't need to be put in there. They can be left alone because those picks are going to be worth what these people make of their teams. So that's if you want to, more power to you, drop it in. If you don't, you don't have to. That's the, that's the way I do it, at least. If neither team has traded the two picks out, two years out pick, I just let them keep it. Yeah, I, the, uh, honestly, like I'll I'll take it a step further and say, I I I actually don't think there's any reason to include them in a dispersal, and it makes things it makes a bigger mess than um, than it's worth, to be honest. Yeah. Like if I- you if you just throw you know like if the two of us are doing a dispersal and now like you have the option of drafting you know my 2023 second or whatever it's like yeah there's 
It's much. It, it, it's a little too much. Uh, exactly. Um, and then what you do is you literally have a snake draft of two people. Uh, what I like to do is either some arbitrary randomizer or as the commission, I literally say, I'm thinking of a number between one and a hundred and I wrote it down, you know, and all right, I'm never going to do this again, but spoiler alert, like I always pick like 61 or 42 are my two numbers I use in sports, 61 because six one is my birthday, 42 because it's the answer to life, the universe and everything. Yes. So literally I will just, I tell the two people pick a number, the closest gets it. And that person gets to choose whether they go first and second. Now, why would you want that? Because like I said before, it's a snake draft. So there is looking at the player pool. Well, I should say the draft pool because picks were involved. Is there one person or pick on top that is worth just so much more than the rest that you want to make sure you get that? Like if it's a super flex league and there's freaking Kyler Murray and then like Derek Carr is the next Bex level quarterback, <laughs> you take that first pick to grab Kyler Murray. But if there's a bunch of people up top, you take the second pick because you get two picks in a row. And that first, very first pick is the only pick where it's just one person getting one pick. And that's the little bit of a disadvantage to picking first, assuming it's a somewhat even player pool. And then you just pick until you fill a roster is what it comes down to. Like That's exactly what it is. The, reali the reality of leaving a dispersal is you're probably in a rebuild. Let's put it that way. That is, unless you have a ridiculous, ridiculous league where... Uh, trade addicts won. We unfortunately had the person who won the league three years in a row leave. <laughs> so we had a really good team in the dispersal. So uh, like that doesn't happen very often. So chances are they're going to be middle of the pack or lower teams in this dispersal. So if you have people that have never done a dispersal before coming in, let them know you're going to you're going to come out of this not feeling super great about your team. It's going to be average at best, but it is the best way to disperse the picks in the, the even most even fashion. And if not, even if it's not even, they're going to pick the players or picks they want. And that's kind of more important, right? Like regardless of what the values of my teams are, chances are I have Calvin Ridley, Allen Robinson, and Tyler Boyd on all of them. And regardless, that makes me happy. And that's what I care about. So that's pretty much the, the down and dirty of what a dispersal is. Open teams, regardless of how many there are, I've done a 16 dispersal before. Wasn't fun. Actually, that's a lie. It was a lot of fun to do, but not a lot of fun to do afterwards as the commissioner. Um, every player, every pick gets thrown into the draft pool. You do a snake draft until you're done. And as a commissioner, there are two ways, I guess, we need to talk about how to actually do this at the back end. The way I do it now is I literally make a, tr I, I execute trades as a commissioner. I will go in and click on each, you know, oh, I have to bring these players from this team over to this team, execute the trade. Players from this team over to this team, execute trade. Or like I said before, drop every player and start adding them. Mm -hmm. There's no easy way. This is a pain in the ass regardless. So you just got to find which way is easiest for you. Can't you just, at least on MFL, like you can, you can just clear those rosters and let them literally draft. The you only can. problem is, uh, it's like, a little messy. It's easy. Yeah. Okay, let me let and, me actually and actually like, it's and what I want to do now. Yeah. Um, it used their their draft module. I guess I'm going to call it used to be very very rudimentary, where it was tough to add one team to a draft round more than twice 
Like if you were custom ordering your draft as you go, it, you literally couldn't make someone have three draft picks. That's mm-hmm. fixed now. So I've gotten so used to Google Sheets, but chances are you're right. If yeah. you lock the rest of the league from being able to do ad drops and you make a draft of just those two teams over and over again, all you probably have to do is, yeah, like you said, drop the teams. You may have to custom create the draft picks, though. You do, yeah. Um, as, or you as, use a placeholder. Yeah, like this player equals this. this but this to me, that always who, goes wrong. Yeah, like this player wouldn't get drafted anyways. You know, or like Brandon Zilstra. Yeah. Brandon Zilstra, because he's like the last player in the database, always ends up as a placeholder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Now that, yes, that is probably nowadays much easier. I'm just set in my ways at this point. But yeah, I, I think you're right. It's worth a shot, at least. I'm sure someone's listening has done this. So let me know if it's a bit as much of a pain in the ass as it was like three years ago. <laughs> well, it, I, I have done this recently. So like that's that they're... <sighs> The, the I, I I do it in the Vampire League, which cre- presents very unique challenges that I'm not going to to bore everybody with. Um, it it is it is a lot easier uh, than in most leagues. But here's the thing, and and I actually want it like this is going to kind of segue. I just kind of want to do some FAQs with you on on dispersals and second chance. Sure. Um, but so that in this first one. So this is this is a thing. Like if you if you want to do it that way, if you want to just clear those rosters, everybody who's in the dispersal, uh, you just clear their rosters and then let them draft among the those players. So you you kind of have two choices. And and again, first you have to create those rookie picks as well and make sure everybody knows, you know, how they're listed and where to find them. Mm-hmm. Things like that. But you can either so you've got you know that that now you've got a pool of players that includes all the players that got dropped off of rosters plus all of free agents Mm -hmm. so the decision would be do you uh, do you make that entire pool of players available in the draft or do you only allow the players who were current who were previously on rosters i think you have to do only the players that are i'm just going to cut you off because I think there's only one fair answer. Yeah, like, you, you can't. I, mean, I was just these... about to ask you this, by the way. So, like... <laughs> you you can't give people access to players other people that they shouldn't have. Like pretty, like, correct is what it comes down to. Yeah. Like if last year, let's let's just say, because very every, every pretty much there's not going to be someone sitting on free agency that anyone really cares about. But like last year, Rob Gronkowski was there, and some people thought that was a big deal. He turned out being a decent deal, right? Especially in tight end premium leagues, where if we did dispersals with free agents allowed also he absolutely would have been picked up and in my leagues in rookie drafts you're allowed to draft veterans it takes away from the rookie draft so mm. i 100 percent that is a little something you'd have to police as commissioner because yeah. i don't think there's a way you can do that setting in mfl in any way at least no way that's easy um you'd have to make sure only players from the eligible pool are being taken yeah yeah which means you have to you know, copy it out of like copy down the rosters, put in a Google sheet, basically. Yeah. Regardless of using that to them and say like, you can only draft these players. Like I, I don't care who's, who all is available. Like you happen to see a player who's available. Um, you know, you, you still have to go off of this list of players. Um, Mm -hmm. and 
sometimes even threaten them and say, if you pick somebody who's not on this list, you I'm I, like, yeah, you're losing <laughs> that pick. Cause I'm not going to just go through cleaning this up all the time. Yep. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I agree with you there. Um, trying to think of the other FAQs that I, that I had for you when it comes to this. Um, how many teams does it take for you to, um, to activate a, a dispersal as opposed to just handing out orphans? One. <laughs> if there's one team, I assign a team. If there's more than one, it's a dispersal. Okay. Well, I mean, if you want to jump straight in, in trade addicts leagues, if there's one open teams, one open team, it triggers second chance dispersals anyway. Okay. Uh, that was so going to be my next question. Do you offer second chance every year or is it only if you already have orphans? Only okay. There has to be one. There has to be one. There has okay. to be an available dispersal in the first place. No, that's not even right. No. Okay. I'm just gonna say it like I did before. If there is an open team that opens the chance for the second chance dispersal, what is a check second chance dispersal? You're asking. Let me tell you. It is. <laughs> it is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. A team gets a second chance. You get to say, I don't like my team. I don't think I'm gonna win. I'm going to jump into dispersal. That's going to happen. Uh, here are the rules of second chance dispersals. It's a secret until the dispersal itself happens. There are two ways to handle this. There's the real way. And then there's my way. Usually what you do is you have a third party person like your wife or one of your Twitter friends or someone that's not in the league. And all will just say 12 GMs email that person or text that person or whatever and let them know if they're going to join the second chance dispersal. And then when everyone has answered, you say this dispersal is happening with these people in it. Now let's pretend that three people joined it and it's exactly what a dispersal was before. You take those three teams, every player, every pick into the draft pool, they draft their teams from that pool. Mm -hmm. So the, what's called, why it's called a second chance is you take your team that's already established you, you, it's still your team. Your team didn't get magically unowned and re-owned by you. It's just you get a second chance to just sort of almost start over. The reason things are kept secret is because I'm much more likely to join if I know John has joined the dispersal and he has like four quarterbacks on his team like he normally does. But me, with everybody else's being a secret, you have to join because you want to, because you think your team isn't great. I join almost every single one I ever can, just because it's fun and because if you don't love your team and you don't think you're going to win the championship, you might as well. Um, we'll get to that in a second, because what I started off by saying, the, the way I do it, which is you have to have your GMs trust you for this one. Like I like to think I've built up enough clout where people trust me a little bit. I make my decision first. Like, okay, there's going to be a second chance dispersal. I've made my decision. DM me to let me know. You can't do this in a Twitter rando league because chances mm -hmm. are people don't know you, you don't know them, and they don't really have a reason to trust you. I feel like at this point I've earned that, and I'm lazy. So I don't want to like <laughs> bother my wife or bother John in every league of mine that he's not in to have to get messaged. That's really what it comes down to. And I will say now... I would, I absolutely 100% would admit if I ever changed my mind after that beginning, and I have not. 
You know, I've been doing the second chance, second chance dispersals for three years now. I've, I've never cheated on it. You know, I've made my decision and then just let people tell me. Um, why do I like this rule? Like I said before, it's fun. And two, people make mistakes is what it comes down to. Like you made two bad trades and it just tanked the value of your team. And you've been trying to dig your way out of this hole and you just, there's nothing you can, like, you just can't do it. It keeps that owner in the league by giving him a chance to join the second chance dispersal, like letting him throw his team into this and try and sort of even things out again with a couple of other teams. It helps keep that, that, that person in your league. If you don't care if they leave, then don't do this. That that's completely up to you. This, this option is not for everyone. I will 100% say that if you are a staunch Rank, you know, standings are only thing we ever play by. That's all that matters. Chances are you don't have enough fun to, you know, let people do second chance dispersals. <laughs> it's it's just the truth. Like this is absolutely yeah. something you do in most likely lower dollar leagues with some fun stuff to it. This isn't something you do in your your very hard ruled leagues. Now, rules to second chance dispersals. Let me start from the beginning again. At least with my leagues, the way I do it is. If there is one open team, that opens the chance for second chance dispersals. That new new person in your league has the same choice of yes or no to join that second chance dispersal. They can absolutely say no. So it's not like you know any teams in it. The only time you will know what teams are in it if there are two open teams because they are forced into a dispersal. And then, yes, there is a second chance dispersal after that. Though I guess technically you could do that dispersal and then the second chance dispersal. I haven't thought of that before. I might have to do that because that, I guess, hmm. is more fair, right? You don't know if one of those two teams are going to join again. Okay, yeah. cool. All right, that's a new rule yeah. I think I just thought of. I'll have to think about it a little more when we're not actually recording and I could sit in silence for a second. Um, <laughs> so everyone decides yes or no in secret, and then you just have it like normal, like so I, I, I feel like we've accurately described what the second chance dispersal is. Mm -hmm. um, Are there limits to um, uh, like, would you allow a team to, to join a second chance in consecutive seasons if they wanted? Uh, that is the one rule I have. You cannot. And okay. I even have it worded. You cannot join consecutive second chance dispersals. So let's say they were. So that's the I, only. That's the only limit, though. Like, you could do every other year. Assuming there is one every year. Like, yeah, we lost our three-time champion. Mm -hmm. I almost said R.I.P. Spoonie, but he's not dead. But he just left fantasy football. Um, you know, you know. shout out to Spoonie. He, but when him leaving after the third year of the league, that was the first player. That's the first person that ever left Trade Addicts 1. Like, I know that's not normal to have like zero people leave for three years. We just had our first second chance dispersal. Even I've been doing this rule for two to three years. Now, what happens if we don't, and I join that second chance dispersal because like I said, it's fun. Let's say we go another three years without having one. I can't join that one in three years. So it's not that you can't join in consecutive years. You can't join consecutive dispersals. This is my way of making it that people can't just go nuts on your team, sell every future, do all this, do all that, and then join the second chance dispersal every single year. Because that, when I brought up the idea to the leagues, because this is something that 
to me, it needed to be voted in. This isn't something you just say to the league. We're, we're starting this now with the newer leagues. It's, it's in the bylaws, but I think one, two, and three, one, two, three, and four, I needed to get their votes on it. Hmm. And it, it passed with everyone. This, but the one objection I got was what's going to stop people from joining this every single year. Well, first of all, I said, you know, there's, hopefully we don't have this every year. I would love to all of you people never to leave this league and we have the same people for the, the next 12 years or whatever. But not being able to join, and I, again, specifically worded, the next, you can't join consecutive dispersals, sort of completely for me squashes it. Like, you, it's such a risk for me in Trade Addicts 1 to sell, I did a dispersal this like this offseason a couple of months ago, it is insanely risky for me to sell any youth I have to try and win, praying there's a dispersal this coming year so I could join one the year after. Like, that's risky. And if you're doing that and then just leave after, if there's no, no dispersal in there, I mean, you don't want that person in your league anyway. Like, that's what a lot of this stuff comes down to. What happens if this person does this and that? Just you don't want them there. Like if you're having this person going so out of their way to just destroy your rules and destroy your fun to, to win so much less money because my leagues aren't that much money. Like you, you don't want that person around. So that's why I love second chance dispersals. It's fun. It keeps the league up as fresh as you can for a dynasty league, because mm -hmm. let's face it. Dynasty leagues can get stale. Like I keep saying, like every single episode, when we talk about trades, it gets tough for me after a while because I end up with the players I love on almost every team. And it's like trade addict six. I'm trying so hard to trade, but like, how the hell do I trade Calvin Ridley and Allen Robinson and Patrick, not Patrick. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes. How do I trade those guys? I don't want to, that's the thing. And sometimes yeah. I kind of want to just trade and you know, you're not supposed to trade for the sake of trading, but Hey, it's me again. So like that to me is the perfect like encapsulation of keeping your league fresh in a way that is very hard to take advantage of. Like if you have a league where there is turnover every single year, yeah, two years is a window where you can sell out to get vets and try and win. And absolutely. And if you are worried about that, make it every third. Const yeah. No, not constellation dispersal. I went back to the last topic. <laughs> you know, there, there's plenty, there's ways to get around everything, but to me, you're trying too hard if you're doing that, or again, you're playing with the wrong people. Yeah. So I've got, I've got three quick questions for you. I know that we're over time. I just want to, I want to be able to, to say that we completely, you know, went through all of this. I'm just proud. Um, we did more than one topic in the show. So I know that's pretty, that's pretty solid. <laughs> and, and in fact, I mean, we've kept this one around 20 minutes, uh, this particular topic. We'll see if we can keep it there, but, um, yeah. So three little questions for you. Um, and then I feel like we will be able to put a bow on it. So, and, and uh, here's the thing. So I, I know that you favor drafts, even for the dispersal. Mm -hmm. Um, I prefer auctions for the dispersal and, and for the second chance. And the main mm -hmm. reason is just because you don't have to randomize the order. Everybody has, you know, the same opportunity to I get mean, to the, the same, same argument you get for, for the startup. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, hold on. Um, sorry. That, that, that made me think of one thing and I'm sorry. I don't, and this might be one of your questions. Sure. Trading into dispersal. Yes. That was going to be my question. If you do things the way John does and you do it through MFL, mm -hmm. more power to you. That is so easy. 
if you do it on a Google sheet like I do, it is such a pain in the ass that I don't yeah. allow it is really what it comes down to. If again, if you run one league, absolutely go do it. Because it's something you could just make a note and keep track of. If you're in a league that is called Trade Addicts, you're not getting one or two <laughs> trades. Let's let's put it that way. You're getting a lot, yeah. and it's going to be a lot to keep track of, and I'm going to get it wrong. And I want to limit the amount of mistakes I can make because making mistakes means I have more work to do later. So honestly, I don't allow it because chances are the second that dispersal is done, people are trading anyway. Yep. Just getting a new GM in, taking over one team, booms trade activity yeah but getting two or more new people with new teams you don't need to allow trading in because the second it's done you're going to get those same trades anyway but absolutely if you do it through mfl and it's them on their own with clicks of a button like technically yeah. they can trade that draft pick you know it's not like they even have to draft the player to trade them they can because tr again you set up a real draft so they can just trade in and out all they want. So yes, hmm. it is all up to the commissioner. I am lazy and don't want to get things wrong. So I don't allow trading into the dispersal. If the people in there somehow can pull, if a two person dispersal can pull off a trade somehow, more power to you. I will allow it and I will you know, let them take care of it. But trading into is a lot of work on a Google sheet. So I don't do it. I still don't either, even though MFL makes it easier. And it's just like you said, I mean, if 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 they were going to trade into the dispersal, they were they'll also be willing to make that trade after the dispersal. Yes. So, you know, there's kind of no point in doing it right now. It just makes things messy. They're really just kind of looking for a discount. They're looking to take advantage of, you know, a new owner or or you know, or a new GM, whatever. Um, it, it's let's let's just wait, let's get the dispersal done and then go ahead and make that trade. There's kind of no reason to yeah, because like at it, least like it just startup, it. Yeah, startup drafts take a long time. So yeah. things can change from the fourth round to the end. Yeah. Like that's why trading in draft is important. Dispersal yeah. should only take a day or two. Not much is going to change. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm with you mostly again because I don't like doing extra work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's too much to pay attention to for the commissioner, yeah. even when you do have you know, MFL doing a lot of the work for you. Like you still have to monitor it. And I don't want to, I don't want to micromanage the dispersal. Um, <laughs> so that, that kind of clears this one up probably a little bit too. Although, you know, especially with an auction. And I imagine that you do allow the teams in the dispersal to trade though, within, yeah, a, within the, the, a, the draft. Like, especially if it, six teams you might get you might have to track a bit but again if you have a two-team dispersal you pretty much let them do whatever the hell they want because yeah <laughs> it's a small draft pool with two people and they're going to police it themselves because they care about what happens to their teams yeah. so i with two people i don't know I'm why you're not worried about it i don't know why you would trade if it's a two-person like <laughs> i don't know like there's something like it would have to involve someone drafted already right like that's the only thing i could think of yeah like i really want this guy there's no <laughs> one i care about now i'll give you the next two picks to give me that guy you drafted like two three rounds ago it's the only yeah. thing i could think of i've never seen it happen don't get me wrong but <laughs> clearly i could always picture a way for it to happen yeah for sure sometimes just because you know they just want to do it because it's just fun. to say they did it. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, guys, exactly. I just traded a dispersal. No way. Yeah. <laughs> How? How did you do? 
yeah, if you've got three or more team, three or more uh, GMs involved, though, I think that it's a little bit more likely you're gonna you're actually gonna see some trades. Yeah, the more, more teams involved. Yeah. yeah, the more the more likely you are to see some trades. So here's my question: you know this uh, this really applies with auctions, but clearly it can apply with with drafts too. Do you require a team to fill their entire roster? in the dispersal no if they don't want to fill their team that's on them it doesn't matter yeah um the only actually no no there's zero reason i could think of it matters because at the at some point you get to the bottom it's just like i don't care about these players there are players on free agency i would rather fill my roster with when either free agency opens or when the rookie draft happens like Mm -hmm. say you drafted a ton of picks and there's all these bad players i'd rather just fill my roster with those empty spots as opposed to having to drop those bad players. I mean, there's, there's, I, I don't think, I can't think of a reason to make people fill their rosters unless you have some sort of roster minimum, which I guess yeah. that's an anti-tanking measure, right? If you're doing potential points, that's the only thing I could think of. Yeah. Uh, I can see there, that. But there's like, if, if you, you know, especially like we have 32 in straight addicts, that's a really long. <laughs> and like, by the time you get to the bottom of rosters, it gets ugly. So it's like, uh, we don't like any of these players. We'll just figure it out later. Okay, that's fine. Like, there's yeah. no point in making people pick around those guys that might not be on normal rosters. Yeah. And I think it's easier to do that in a draft just because, you know, even if it, even if you are kind of trading out of some, some later picks um, and upgrading them, I mean, you're still, you know, if it's like a 28 uh, roster spot um, roster, then you know, you're probably still going to end up with like, you know, 20 to 25 of those players. Yeah. I in mean, an auction, like there's a temptation yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. or fewer. Like, I mean, you could, you could, okay. You yeah. could maybe in, in an auction, line. I could see it. Yeah. yeah. In an auction, I see you. Should, you <laughs> I, I wouldn't say full roster, but I would absolutely put a minimum of maybe twice the starting lineup. If that's not how, lo- how deep your rosters are, yeah. like trade addicts leagues, 10 starters, 32 spots. I would make people probably fill at least 20. Yeah. Yeah. It auction it also just kind of affects like the the cost of these players. I mean, if you're only going to buy four players, like you get to run the price up on those four yeah. players and yeah, it just makes everything mess. I mean, they're super that's dangerous, right? Like yeah. me taking Travis Kelsey in those dispersals thinking I'll be able to trade him nice and easy and then you find out later it's not so easy. Right. And you're sort of screwed when it comes to actually needing to fill out your roster. So, I, again, it's and even yeah. in the best case scenario, you're trading Travis Kelsey for two players that you could have drafted at like a, a pretty very dependent on what the player pool is. But yes, what your point is, you're, yeah. you're correct. It's not worth the risk if you're asking me. Yeah. All right. So one last question. So we've got 2021 rookie picks in mm-hmm. our player pool, mm-hmm. um, which I, you know, you're, you're throwing in all of them first round, second round, third round, fourth yeah. round. What happens to the picks that don't get drafted? Blank. Yeah, just disappear. Yeah, take them, out, take them out of the draft. That's. Yep. I've enough. never seen it. Like we have five rounds in our in our rookie draft, which is more than like people usually have four. I think. Mm-hmm. I've never really seen picks get left. Really, that's a lie. I've done it before. Yeah, uh, like <laughs> the five twelve was in one. No one bothered, and I think that was more of an on principle thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, why not take the dart throw? Like, it, it just doesn't even matter. So, yeah, absolutely. If people don't pick it, you literally shorten the round of the draft. Like, if so, no one didn't take the 
if no one took the 403, you, you literally take that spot and remove it from the list. There's only yeah. 11. There's only 11 picks that round. Yeah. There you go. Uh, anything else that we need to add to this? We were, we were, we did a pretty uh, comprehensive job here on uh, second chance and dispersals in a fairly short amount of time. Yeah, my rules in like in my bylaws, it's really, really short. So there's not much because again, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, like, how you do a dispersal when it when it's triggered, who's allowed to join? That's what it comes down to. Because the rules of a dispersal are just the rules of a draft, right? So, mm-hmm. and we went over all that. So I think we're good. Yeah, I'm sure someone will tell us that we missed something, but you know, yeah. And please do honestly, <laughs> if there's if there's anything we didn't touch on, we'd love to hear it so that we can uh, circle back to it. But for the moment, I uh, we both feel comfortable with it. <laughs> we feel yep. like we we got it all. Uh, snuck in two topics here, and yeah, no more excuses. It's time to get to the startups into the rookie drafts. And oh, we'll, let's do it. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. Um, so now we're gonna. We're going to take the rest of the week to uh, recover and prepare. Yep. And uh, for the time being, though, he's at Dynasty Outhouse. I'm at Superflex Dude, and we can adjourn this meeting of the commissioner's office and pound the gavel.